Morning. It's good to see everybody. You know what was really cool? When they said kids could be dismissed and almost this entire section got up and walked out. They say, my, 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 mom, my mom says, they're gone. Yes, they're gone. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, one, I praise the Lord for my mom who sits there and watches my kids when, when, uh, when I'm up here and my wife's in the nursery. But uh, what a blessing it is to see so many kids uh, that are here. Praise God for that. And may God continue to bless it. And you say, well, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of our congregation that's not in here. Well, praise the Lord. They'll hopefully and prayerfully, if we, if we disciple them up, and they get, if they get saved and they get discipled up, they'll stay here. And, uh, and who knows? They might be our next deacons, or, or one of them might be our next preacher. Who knows? They'll be a while before it's old. But uh, uh, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon unless the Lord does something. But uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be at this morning. We're going to primarily focus on verse 1, but we may make it down to verse, verse 3. There's a change in the book of Ephesians when we hit chapter 4. And in the first several chapters, the first three chapters, uh, we talk about uh, the, the, the believer's blessings or the doctrine uh, of what God has done in us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God made me to be accepted. Uh, I was not acceptable unto God. Amen? Okay, you weren't either. Don't, don't get all be all high. None of us were acceptable unto God. Amen? But God, uh, brother, I appreciate your favorite verse. But God, who is rich in mercy. Uh, uh, that verse came to mind uh, as, I, as, I, as I thought about it. If, if it wasn't for those but gods in the Bible, we'd be in all kinds of trouble. Uh, but God saw us in our sin. God saw us uh, living like the world and uh, following after our flesh and being under the, the, the leading of, 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 the, of, of Satan. Uh, and God saw all that, and God loved us anyways, and he decided to do something about it. Uh, he, uh, he sent his son to die on the cross, amen? Uh, we're, we are, we've been saved by, by the work of Jesus Christ. Back in chapter 1, we saw the plan of God and, and how, uh, how God revealed uh, that he that his plan was that we are chosen, that we are, that we are a, a called out people for a specific purpose, that we might live holy and righteously in this present world. And we don't do it because of our goodness, but we do it because of the work of Jesus Christ through our salvation, where he makes us accepted, and then how he continues to sanctify us and make us more and more like Jesus Christ. It's, it's not any of us, it's all of him. We all, are we all in agreement? The, uh, I'm not good enough in my own. It doesn't matter how good I try to be. I could be Mother Teresa or St. Paul or whoever else you want to be and go out and do all kinds of good things in this world. None of that will get me to heaven. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on that cross many, 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 many years ago. Now, that being said, I'm not saved just so that I have a ticket to heaven. God saved me for a greater purpose. He saved me that I could be, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that I could become the praise of his glory. What that means is I become modeled after Jesus Christ so that others see me and it points them to God. 
Matthew chapter 5 says the same thing, that we're in lights in the world and that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. The whole purpose of us here on earth being made the children of God is that we might point other people to Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens solely over a period of time. We are all at different areas and different levels of spiritual maturity. And that is not based upon how long you are saved. There are some people that are more spiritual as new Christians than, some, than others that, are, that have been saved for a long period of time. Now, that doesn't mean they're spirit, more spiritually mature. They're still mature as Christians. They haven't grown, but they're being led by the Spirit, and the Spirit of God is working in them. But sometimes, and this, is, this happens many times, and sadly, is as, as, we, as we get older, if we allow our hearts to harden a little bit, or, or, we, or maybe we come to a point where we need to be revived, uh, we may have a greater spiritual knowledge, but we're not necessarily led by the Spirit. So the, the truth is, we all have ways in our lives in which we can grow. Whether you got saved 25, 35, 45 years ago, or whether you got saved last week. We all need to grow. Has anybody, has anybody attained yet? Has anybody came to that perfect level of spiritual maturity that talks about in Ephesians chapter, uh, later on in Ephesians chapter 4? None of us have. We all have areas in which we can grow. And that, that area of growth only happens through the work of, of, of God in our lives. It isn't, because of our, uh, it isn't because of us. It isn't because of our want to. It isn't even because of our knowledge. It's, it's because of the Spirit of God that works in us. And in chapter 2 of the Bible, uh, we, we learned about, just about what God did for us. Uh, yes, we, we have blessings in heaven. We're going to see all that. Uh, we're going to see what God did for us. But, but uh, Ephesians 2 tells us where God got us from, dead in our sins and trespasses, right? And because, but God, verse 4, he, he, in his mercy and his love, he saved us and he cleansed us and he changed us and he took us from where we were and he placed us to where we are. But even that, he, he, he's reserved a home in heaven for us. It's a good thing. And he, he began that work in you. Uh, how many of you believe that? That God is working in you, that God saved you, God changed you, and he's working in you right now. hope that's all of us if you're saved. So, so God's working in you, God saved you. We have that knowledge and we have that understanding. And, and, and not only that, but God made us a body. He reveals that in chapter, at the end of chapter 2 and in chapter 3. God, God made us a, a body. We're fitly joined together. He revealed a few mysteries that we're all one in Christ, number one. There's no, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. They, they once were separated, but the gospel is for, for everybody, not just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. And as far as I know, there's no Jews in here, right? So praise the Lord, that means we're all, got, we're all able to be saved. But not only that, the gospel wasn't just for, for everybody, but, but, the, but also that, that we are all one in Christ, made nigh by the blood of Christ, but we are a body fitly joined together. We're a, we're a family, uh, we're, we're one, uh, and, and God has put us all here in a pur- for a purpose. And so we see the, the church there in chapter 3. Paul begins to tell them, the, the church there at Ephesus, what he's praying for at the end of chapter 3. And it's just, I'm just trying to catch us up real quick and and so we know where we're at chapter three paul paul says or chapter four three paul says this is what i'm praying for you i, I i'm praying that you don't faint how many of us grow weary how many of you get tired and not just physically tired but spiritually tired it's listen you can be have all the physical strength in the world and have rested all day but if you're physically tired or if you're spiritually tired man you'll be wiped out I, I'll get up here and I'll preach on a Sunday, uh, every single Sunday. You know what happens when I go home? Now, I haven't done anything but stand here and talk. How difficult is it to stand and talk? 
Well, for me, it's, it's not very easy because guys don't like to talk a lot. Women talk. I'm going to be quiet now. <clears throat> I'm going to change the subject. <laughs> some people are able to talk more than others. There's a little bit of effort. There's some thinking that goes on. And, but but man, when I'm done on a Sunday, when I'm done preaching, I am physically and spiritually wiped out. I, I need to go home and just, I, I, I fall asleep, to be honest with you, to take a nap. I need, I need to recharge and, and, and grow. Listen, I wouldn't try to stay awake, it's, uh, but I'm tired. And, and so I, I can be grow weary. We all can grow weary. Sometimes we grow weary because of the circumstances that we're in. Sometimes we grow weary because, uh, uh, because uh, just out of service. And it can be tiring serving God. But, but, but Paul says, listen, I'm praying that you don't faint. It's not just that you don't grow weary, but in your weariness, you don't quit. Because when we grow weary, it's a whole lot easier to quit. It's a whole lot easier to say, well, you know, they don't really need me. Uh, who am I? I'm a nobody. I, I don't need to be a part of that service. I don't need to, to go and die. They won't even miss me if I'm gone. Can I just say, if you're not here, we miss you. We miss you. Why? Because we're a body. I don't know about you, but if I showed up with, here without my arm, you'd all notice it, wouldn't you? Well, if, if, you, if, if we come together and you're not here, part of our body isn't here. We, we notice it. We miss it. We, we're not able to function appropriately uh, if you're not here. So, so, uh, but, so we learned about the church. We learned about that. We, Paul says, don't grow weary. He says, listen, I'm, this is how I'm praying for you so that you don't grow weary. And by the way, again, prayer is absolutely necessary if we're going to continue on and not faint. Because what we need isn't spiritual strength. What we need isn't the, the, the gumption to go on or the gumption to, to not quit. What we need is isn't to, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and decide to do what's right. What we need is the strength of God in our inner man. And that doesn't come from, come, that doesn't come just because we decide we want it. That comes as a grace of God in our hearts. So Paul says, I'm praying. That's, that's the very first thing he says, I'm praying for you, for, for strength in the inner man. Then, then the second thing he's praying for is, is that the Christ would dwell or inhabit their lives uh, by faith. And, they, he, and listen, we need to believe that God can do the things that he said. Do you believe God has cleansed you? Do you believe that God loves you no matter what? Then live like it. But it's, it's this idea of, of, listen, this is what I'm praying for, but for your spiritual growth and your spiritual maturity. So he prays for their, their inner strength. He prays for the, the, their faith that they would believe that Christ could, could do those things because if we don't believe that God can give us victory, we will never have victory. The third thing that he prays for is found, is, is found in verse 17 of chapter, chapter 3 that they'd be rooted and grounded in love. And, and listen, we need to be rooted and grounded in the love of God, not just love, but God's love because God's love never fails. God's love is perfect love. In fact, God loved us back when we were in our de dead and our trespassing sins. We were filthy and wicked and, 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 and hated God. God loved us even then. I love that verse uh, in, in Romans. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, so, so he says, listen, I'm praying that you, that you come to, that you root and you ground yourself in love, not in your good works, not in what you want to do, not in anything else other than the love of God. Because if we root or ground ourselves in anything else, we will fail. But God's love will never fail. Because the truth is, we all fall. Brother James asked this morning in Sunday school, what's your favorite verse? My favorite verse is Psalms chapter 37, verse 23 and 24. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and though he fall... He will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I will fall. Guess what? So will you. 
We're not there yet. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We lose our tempers. We get we we uh, we, we, we 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 become selfish at times. We 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 allow uh, uh, fighting amongst ourselves and our families, or or whatever else. Uh, this divisiveness. Listen, there's many different problems that we can have in our Christian life. We're going to fail. We're going to fall sometimes. But God will pick us back up. But God, who is rich in mercy, but God giveth more grace. I am certainly thankful for God and for the grace that God gives to us. Paul says, Paul says, I'm praying that you understand the, the love of God, that you're rooted and grounded in that and not in anything else, and that you know the, the depths and the listen, you can't understand we cannot understand the love of God because it is infinite. We there are no limits to the love of God. God will never tell you, Well, I loved you until you did that. Uh, he's not gonna say, I loved you until you made that mistake. Now that doesn't give us that doesn't mean it's prudent to go out and do a bunch of, to cause their causes to go out and sin. The Bible says, "Should we sin that grace may abound?" And God's response is, "God or Paul's response was, God forbid." Of course not. But I am certainly thankful for God's grace and God's love, because I'm not perfect and I will fail. So, so ground ourselves in the word in the, in the love of God, and then lastly, we see there that that, that that we would be filled with all the fullness of God, that, and that's coming to that that maturity, uh, that that level of maturity that that God would have all of us to come to, and that's what He's praying for. He says, "I'm praying for your spiritual maturity." You know all of these things and all that God has done. You do you believe it? Do you believe God has done those things? Do you, do you believe that God can do those things? And then we come to chapter 4. And this is the change. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, verse 1, uh, uh, prisoner of the Lord, sorry, beseech you that you or that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye were called. He says, he says I therefore, the word therefore means look back at what, what, what is the therefore, wherefore. Why, why is the therefore, where, what, why is it there? It's there. Why? Because of all these things that you say that you know, all these things that God has done for you, all these things that, you, that I'm praying for you, now, if God has done all of those things, and God is doing all of those things, and God is able to do all of those things, then live like it. And live like it. Let's pray. <laughs> that's not the end of the message. That's just the introduction. Father God, I pray that you would be with us now as we get into your word. God, I pray that you give us understanding. I pray that you speak to our hearts, Lord, that we would walk out of here, Lord, uh, a different people, not because of the messages that I preach, not because of the words that I say, Father, but because of the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. God, you know that uh, I am incapable, Lord, I am unworthy to stand here. But God, you are worthy to be praised, Lord. You are able and capable of, of working in each one of us, Father, as has already been shown in the fact that you've saved us and you, you brought us to this point. God, I pray that you'd help us to move further. Lord, I pray that you help us to live, uh, live as your children. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The next several weeks, we're going to be looking at this concept of walking worthy and what it means to walk worthy. Well, for, first of all, we need to take a look at a couple of things. Uh, the, the, the Greek word there, walk, is perpeteo. It means to walk at large. Now, uh, to walk around. Uh, the Hebrews used that phrase many times uh, in, 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 in the reference of not to how they walked, right? We all have a, a certain walk, right? So young people, they have a cool walk, right? Is there a cool walk? You want to demonstrate it for us? He says, no. 
That's all right. Donna, you want to demonstrate the cool walk for us? <laughs> that's okay. Everybody's got a, there's a certain way that we walk, but that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about putting one foot in step of the other. It's talking about the way in which we deport ourselves, the way in which we live, the way in which we act. There's a, there's a song I used to, uh, I never sang it, but uh, we, I remember it because we had this group come to our church. It's a husband and wife duo. Uh, They're called the Musical Merrills. And uh, if you've ever heard them, you'd never forget them. It wasn't because they were that great, but they were that weird. Uh, they played saws, and they played glasses full of water. They played all kinds of weird instruments. Uh, but one of the songs, and he wrote songs, was, he, and he sang it, and it says that your walk walks and your talk talks, but your walk, your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Do you all get that? Or do I need to sing it so that you understand it? Your walk walks, and your talk talks, and your... <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. But and he's dancing back and forth. I, I remember, but, but it's true. The, thing, the way that we live our life speaks a whole lot louder than the, the, the words that come out of our mouth. Because you can say one thing and then live completely different from what you're saying. And you know what that does to what you're saying? It undercuts it. It, it, it destroys it. It's like saying, I love you, but... Don't ever say that to your wife, guys. Bad idea. Because when you add the word but to it, 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 it takes away everything you just said. Listen, when you say one thing and you live another, you just take away everything you said if they don't line up together. It's called hypocrisy. So, so we need to be very careful and understand what they're, they're saying. Is, I want you to walk, I want you to live, to act in a certain way. What's, what is that certain way? This is worthy. This is Walk, I beseech you that you walk worthy. The word worthy is the, the Greek word axios. It means appropriately, suitably, worthily, in the manner of, or worthy of God. I mean, my life, the way that I live my life, needs to be in accordance with the things that I say I believe. Or in other words, our beliefs, all those things that we have agreed on, from Acts chapter 1 through Acts, or not Acts, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 to Ephesians chapter 3, what God has already done for us, what God plans for us, what God is doing for us and can do for us, now I need to let all those beliefs affect my behavior. My beliefs should affect my behavior. In fact, any true belief will affect your behavior. If you guys believed that I was a crazy man with a gun up here and intended to shoot all of you, none of you would still be sitting in those seats. Somebody might shoot me, or you might all run out the door or be hiding because that's what you believed, right? You, you all believe those seats are going to hold you up, right? I know you do because you're sitting in them. None of you would have sat down if you thought I took the screws out and that they were going to collapse underneath your weight. Your, your beliefs affect your behavior. If you truly believe something, you're going to act in accordance with those beliefs. I believe that I'm saved, that Jesus took me from, from the, the wickedness and the filthiness and the sinfulness of my life, and, and he changed me, and he put life into me. 
And he continues to work in me, not according to my ability, but according to his ability. And remember what Ephesians chapter 3 said? It says, and now unto him who is able to do that which uh, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. If I really believe that God can do something in my life or in your life, I should live believing it and I should act accordingly. And that's what Paul's saying. Walk worthy. Walk worthy. Walk worthy according to these beliefs. Now, it's not the only time that he said to walk worthy, but exactly what do we walk worthy of? He says the word vocation here. I beseech you, verse 1, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. That word vocation, and the other is, and we think of vocation, we think of our job. Uh, but, but the Greek word it actually means your calling. So you can have a job and a calling. Uh, they're two different things. A job is a place you go to, to work. But how, how many of you feel like you're working at your calling? I, I do. You're doing what you believe. He says, he says you have been called uh, uh, for, for, for something. You have been called to something. It's not something that you just want to do. It's not even something that you just like to do. It's something you don't have a choice. Paul said it like this. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And that's how I feel. That if, I, if I'm not preaching the gospel, if I'm not doing what God has called me to do, man, I'm in trouble. You're calling. What is your calling? Look back at Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at several verses here. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, this doesn't use the word calling, but it uses another word like it. Verse 4 said, well, let's, we'll start in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us or predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We see the word chosen here in verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him. Now, we, we talked about this when we started this. God did not pick and choose who was going to be saved. Uh, there's another word, uh, verse that talks about predestination. It says God in his foreknowledge. So God, God in his knowing everything. God knows everything, right? There's no limit to God's knowledge. God didn't just pick and choose. He knew who was going to choose to follow him and who was going to not choose to follow him. And those that were going to choose to follow him, God chose them or predestined them that they were going to do a couple of things. We see the first thing here in verse 4 and 5. That we should be what? Holy. That we should be Holy. God has called us, God has chosen in us that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, can, are, are you holy? No. Can you be holy? Yes and no. In this flesh, until you get to heaven, you'll never be perfect. Now, we're to strive for holiness. Peter says, be holy for I am holy. He's repeating, he was repeating uh, scripture in the Old Testament when, when, when Moses was talking to the, the, or when God was talking to the people of Israel. But we're, we're told to, to attempt to live holy. That means uh, godly, according to the, the nature of God. The, the closer we are to the nature of God, the, the, more, the, the more holy we are as a, as a people. So we're to strive to be holy, but we can never on this earth with this flesh be holy except through Jesus Christ. When God looks at you, does he see your failure, Brother Don? What's he see? 
the holiness and righteousness of Jesus Christ. God chose that you would be before him holy and blameless. Are you blameless without Christ? No. We're all, we're, we can all be blamed, right? Uh, we, we've all done, done things and are doing things that are, uh, that are worthy of blame. But in Christ, in the love of God, we stand before God holy and blameless. You have been chosen. God sees you as holy and blameless. Now walk worthy of that. Walk worthy of that. So I can't. Not in yourself. That's why we need to be strengthened in the inner man. That's why, we, that's why we need to submit ourselves to Christ and by faith trust. And God will do that work in us that he says he'll do. Remember in Philippians chapter 1, it says, I, 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 the confidence of this very thing, that he which hath begun a work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. God can do that in you. God can do that in me. Walk worthy of it. Live in accordance to what God has said he has done in your life, and is doing in your life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, just to turn over it a little bit. You know, we, we read this a couple months ago, or a month or so ago. It says in verse 10 of chapter 2, it says, for we are his workmanship. Whose workmanship? God's. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You have been chosen. You have been ordained. You have been called, shall we say, unto a life of good works. See, God God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives, specifically and generally. And I will say, as, as Christians, God has a general will that you would walk worthy of God, walk worthy of God in, in performing or in doing these good works which God hath before ordained. Before you were ever born, God chose you and ordained you that you would live a certain way. Remember Matthew 5 said that you would, that they would see your what? Is that word again? Good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. God has called us. God has ordained us to walk to, to, under these good works. Look with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. And I have to turn over a few, a few pages. Verse 10 says this. Now we'll go up to verse 11. For this cause also, uh, since the day, the verse, that's verse 9, uh, we heard it, do, uh, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God's desire, God's plan for you is spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. It's, it's that, you, that you don't say, listen, hey, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm just going to stay here for the rest of my life. I have a five-year-old who likes to come into my bed at night now he's cute, and he knows it. And every every Friday night, Jess and I have date night, and date night is where we feed the kids pizza, and we we sit them, we we put a play a movie for, them, and then we go and we'll we'll spend some time talking or watching a movie in our bedroom. And every time, 
As soon as he's done eating his pizza, Zeke will come in. He goes, I'm not ruining your date. I just come in here and, and stay with you. And he'll crawl under the covers and fall asleep. He is so cute. And listen, I, I cherish these days. I, it doesn't upset me. I, I pretend like we pretend to fight over him. And, and like, no, he's mine. No, he, I love this. But listen, when he's 17 years old, he better not be crawling into my bed saying, I'm not ruining your date. If Elijah did that right now, I'd be like, get out of my bed. <laughs> At 3 o'clock in the morning, when he, when, when he comes in, like, I, I'm okay with that. But there's going to come a point in time where I hope he grows up and is mature enough to not have to come into my bed at night. Right? When I was a child, I, I acted as a child, but when I became a man, I, I put away childish things. There, there, there are certain, certain levels of maturity that as we grow, our lives are to change in accordance with how we grow. When you're a brand new Christian, we don't expect, we don't expect, I hope we don't expect brand new Christians to act like they've been saved for 50 years. I hope not. They, they, they should have a desire to want to please God, but listen, there are going to be things that they don't know and understand yet. They haven't been increased in the knowledge of the word yet. And just because I told them to do it doesn't mean they've been increased in the knowledge of the word. Well, I told them that was wrong. We can tell them that's wrong all that, all that we want. The Holy Spirit has to do that work in them. And as they grow, they'll see the difference, and they'll change, not because I said so, but because the Bible said so, and they're trusting the Lord, and God did a work in them. That's called spiritual maturity. But here's the problem. If they never change, or if you never change, let's not put it on other people, if I never change, or if you never change, you never grow, nothing ever changes in your life, you say, well, I, I see now that this is offensive unto God, I'm going to set this aside. then we're not growing in spiritual maturity. And Paul is praying for our spiritual growth. Paul's saying, listen, if God, can, if God did this for you, and God has plans for you, and God has called you unto this, then walk worthy of it. Live your life in a way that is appropriate for the calling God has placed upon your life. Back there in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that it's in verse 5, Turn there. I skipped this. I read it, but I, I, didn't, I didn't mention it. It says, having predestined us unto the, notice what the word is, the adoption of children. We have been chosen as the children of, as, 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 as saved beings. We're not just saved people. We are the children of God. Think about that for a second. We've been given an inheritance we have been given all the blessings of being a child of God. Walk worthy of it. Walk worthy of it. Back in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, we see this. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And here's what, here's what I mean. Rooted and built up in him, Established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Rooted and grounded in the faith. There's only one faith. We're not talking about all the faiths or in any kind of faith. We're talking about faith in Jesus Christ. We're talking about our faith in God. He says, he says be rooted in it 
and, and grounded in it and grow up in it. Draw your strength from that. Walk worthy. First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2. On Wednesday night I said it was verses 1 and 2. Um, it's not. It's verse 12. Verse 12 says this. I will read verse 11. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and his glory. Now, it says he's, God has called us unto his kingdom. What does that mean? Does it just mean that we're saved? It's talking about under his reign, under his authority, under his, his leadership. Does God reign in your life? Well, sure he does. Does God really reign in your life? Because when God says one thing and you want something else, who wins? It should be God. It should be God always wins. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. In fact, the very word Lord means master. Is God your master? Does he sit on the throne of your heart, or do you sit on the throne of your heart? See, if he's called us under, under, under his kingdom. He's called us uh, under his authority. He's called us uh, to, 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 to love him, to obey him, and to follow him. And there's, there's a lot to that. Do we walk worthy of that? Else says that we're called unto his glory, unto his worship and his praise. And going, going back to Ephesians chapter 1, we're, we're, we're called to be the, the praise of his glory. Uh, the, the, and we talked about this uh, the last couple of weeks, that, that our lives are to be the, the very evidence of the work of God. And, and, that's to, to, and that's the greatest way in which we can praise God, is by becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, by being obedient unto his word, by, by letting the spirit of God dwell in us and reign in us and lead us and guide us. And, uh, that's, that's how we glorify God. Greater than the words from our mouth, the songs that we play and sing, the lifting up of of of, of hands unholy or holy, the greatest way we can praise God is with our lives. Not what we do on Sunday, but what we do Sunday to Sunday. When we leave here, when we walk out of here, how we treat our wives, how we treat our, our husbands, how we treat our children, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our employers, how we treat everybody around us. How we deport ourselves. See, God sees it all, and your family sees it all. Now, I may not see it all. I don't follow you around. I don't stalk your Facebook pages. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even really look at Instagram other than on occasion. I, I, in social media, most of us, we're an older, a lot of us are an older congregation, don't have any of that stuff. I don't sneak around and find out what you do. I, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit of God dwells in each and every one of you. And when you go somewhere that you shouldn't go, or you do something that you shouldn't do, or you say something you shouldn't say, you read something, or you watch something that you shouldn't watch, or music, or movies, or whatever, or you do something that, that you know would not please God, and you do it, and you don't ask for forgiveness, or turn away from it, or repent of it, guess what? You have just grieved the Holy Spirit of God within you, and quenched the Spirit, and God can't work in you, and guess what? You are no longer the praise of His glory. 
and the world does not see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have too many people that are acting like the world outside of the church. Too many Christians. The first time the, the word Christian was used was not by the, the, the followers of Jesus Christ. It was used by others to describe the, the, the followers of Jesus Christ. And they said, listen, they're, they're little Christs. We use the term Christian to say, well, if you, if you claim to be saved or you claim to be, uh, uh, follow faith, listen, would somebody else call you a Christian if you didn't tell them that you were a Christian first? Are you walking worthy of the name? Only you know. Maybe your family knows. Are you walking worthy? Are you trying to live a holy life? A fruitful life? Are you allowing God to lead you? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you, are you rooted and grounded in the love of God and, and the knowledge of his word and growing and maturing? Or have you, have you hit a place, a plateau, that you can't seem to get past? Well, if you're, for those who have ever gone on a diet or a weight loss journey or whatever you want to call it, where you're trying to lose weight, uh, when you first start to, to eat different and, and live differently, uh, there, there tends to be a... A, a quick, a quick drop in your weight, if if you're doing things right, anyways. So uh, you can have a fast drop in weight. But if you do it for a long period of time, whether you're trying to lose weight or build up muscle, whatever, uh, you're very familiar with the term plateau. Uh, what that means is you get to a place where it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't seem to lose any more weight. That number on the scale never seems to go down. Or if you're trying to build a muscle, it's a, it's a, you just can't seem to get past a certain, a certain weight that you're picking up and, and, and pressing or doing. It, it just seems you, you've run into a wall and you can't seem to go any farther. You do the same thing over and over again. You're, you're, you haven't changed anything. What happens? Well, typically for our bodies, we need to change things up. Can I tell you, if you, know, if you never change what you're doing, you're never going to see any change. But, but I'm eating healthy, I'm, I'm doing everything right. Again, our bodies learn. Now, this, now let's apply it to our spiritual lives. Sometimes we, we run into a wall in our spiritual maturity. Sometimes it's really early, and it's because we don't eat enough. We don't exercise our faith enough. Uh, and you can have some very immature people uh, spiritually uh, that are saved for a very long time. Or as they grow older, they get to a point where they just have stopped growing. We're never to stop growing. There's never to come a point in our lives. And listen, we should never go back either. As, as children of God, we should not go back in our, in our Christian walk. There should be a constant progression of moving forward. It's like, run, would any of us run a race? Let's say you're running a marathon and you're running laps. You have to run, 20, let's say, 26 laps. Would you ever stop and run backwards? 
Sometimes we might stop and catch our breath because, man, I'm growing weary and I'm slowing down a little bit. I need to catch my breath and I need some strength. And listen, I'll wait on the Lord and God will give me the strength. But, it's, uh, but have you ever decided, I'm just going to walk backwards for, for a little while, just catch my breath. But we do that as Christians, don't we? I'll stop reading my Bible. I'll stop coming to church. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing this for so long. Uh, I'm just going to step back from from this ministry, and I'll I'll step back from this. They, they'll they'll not miss me. Uh, and next thing you know, I, I you know I I don't need to come to this service or that service. Nobody's going to miss me. Listen, God has called us not just to be individually saved. Yes, we're to be saved, but God has made us a body. And we'll, we'll get that, that, that's getting into a later message. I'm three or four messages ahead at this point, which is good. But know that God has called us to more than just to be saved and be here on Sunday. God has called us to walk worthy. I'm going to shock all of you. I'm going to save the rest for this afternoon. We're done early. But can I say this? I don't know your life. I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know if the Spirit of God has spoken to you. But if he has, if God's showing you something in your life, an area where you're, you're not walking worthy of him, They'll say, you know what, hey, that was a good message. I could care less if nobody ever came and told me that they appreciated the message I brought. Again, if, if, if people would just, if God's speaking to them, if they just get right. Because God doesn't call us to stop growing in maturity. This little uh, serious little baby that's coming, such a cute little baby, and I'm so thankful that, 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 to, to see him and to get the hold of him, and he's cooing and cuddling and he drools and, uh, listen, uh, beautiful, but he can't stay a baby forever. And Uncle or Grandpa Mike said, or Papa, is it Papa? Papa Mike says, absolutely. Well, he wants to keep him a baby forever, but he won't be. You're going to enjoy when he's getting his own dirt bikes and motorcycles. and You're looking forward to those days, aren't you? In fact, you probably already bought the motorcycle. Almost. <laughs> you don't want him to stay a baby. You cherish those moments. In fact, we should cherish those moments when somebody gets saved and they get baptized, that excitement that's in their heart. We should, we should encourage them and strengthen them and spend time with them because we love them. But listen, we don't want him to stay there. We want him to grow. So we, we spend time with them in the Word of God and nurse them up and help feed them. Uh, it would be terrible for them to never feed that baby. It would be terrible for us to never feed our, our children. How terrible is it if we never feed those young children spiritually and they never grow? It's called discipleship. Or maybe if we just stop eating ourselves. You know what happens when you stop eating? Yes, you lose weight for a period of time. But our bodies will be, begin to shut down. You can go long, prolonged periods. Uh, I used to think that 40 days, the, the, the only way Jesus was able to fast for 40 days was because he was Jesus. It's not true. In fact, there are people today that fast for 40 plus days uh, uh, for, for health reasons. It's not healthy. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Um, 
Uh, people do it for weight loss. The, the problem is as soon as they start eating, they gain all the weight back. Uh, Jesus didn't do it for, weight, for, for, for health reasons. He did it because he was fasting. And, and I used to think that was impossible. It's not impossible. We can do the same thing. Moses did it. He was up there for 40 days, never ate. Never ate. Listen, listen. So it was... But what happens when we don't eat? Our bodies will eventually die. What happens if we don't eat spiritually? Now you don't lose your salvation, but you stunt your growth. And God has called us to grow and mature. In fact, I'm getting ahead of myself, but look at Ephesians chapter 4. We looked at this verse last week. 4.11 says, And he, God, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting means the maturity. For the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. For what? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We are not to stop growing until we get to that area of growth where, where we can be said we are like Christ. I can guarantee you none of us are there. In fact, I don't believe any of us will be there until we get to heaven. I, I believe as long as we carry this, this flesh around, we'll fail but we can certainly try. We can certainly walk worthy. God would not call us to do something that he will not enable us to do. We can walk worthy of the vocation or the calling God has placed on your life. God has called you to be a child of God. He has called you to be his son or his daughter. He has called you to be holy and blameless. He has called you to be fruitful in every good work. Now you stop and think about yourself and think about your life and, tell, and, t- and you tell yourself or you decide for yourself or let the Spirit of God tell you whether, you're, whether or not you're walking worthy. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would have your way. Uh, so thankful for, for the word of God and how it affects each one of us. Lord, I, I know that I'm not worthy. God, I pray that you would strengthen us. I pray that you would do the work that only you can do in each one of our hearts. And Lord, may we be humble. Lord, may we be tender to the moving of your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.